everyone, my name is Ukti Vora and I'm really excited to start this new series exploring the Indian optometrist across the borders. And I'm really, really excited to have one of my best friend, mentor, colleague, Dr. Stuti Misra. Dr. Stuti Misra ha- is a PhD who has got a fellowship from American Academy of Optometry. The interesting part is she has done her bachelor's from India and then she moved to New Zealand in 2005. Currently, she is a senior lecturer in the Department of Ophthalmology in New Zealand National Eye Centre. And she has won several awards, but just to kind of name one prestigious one, she has been awarded for the Fulbright Travel Award. She has multiple international collaborations. Just to name few, she has collaborated with John Hopkins University in the United States and also with New South Wales, Australia. Her areas of expertise are ocular surface diseases, tear film assessment, and ocular imaging. And just not on this front, she has a lot of collaboration in charity as well. So I think she is an inspiration to all young optometrists and anyone who wants to explore different areas in optometry. Welcome to this podcast, Stuti, and thank you so much for your time. Wow, uh, thank you so much, Ukti. That was uh, the best introduction I've ever got. It's yeah, thank you so much. I, I didn't realize I've done so many things. I'm not sure if, uh, yeah, it's quite a few, but it's no, quite no, a it's, few, it's, actually. To be honest, I just picked like five out of probably 30 things you have done. Yeah. So I think thank you so much for, you know, sharing yeah. your time and, you know, sharing your well, thank you for your kind words. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's truly, it's truly humbling. All right. So just to quickly get a little more into the topic and the conversation, can Mm -hmm. you tell me like, you know, your brief journey from India to Auckland and how did you decide of, you know, going to New Zealand and how did Indian optometry help you throughout the journey? Just to understand more about Mm -hmm. your background. Right. So um, 15 years ago, um, as uh, long as it sounds, it, it might reveal my age, but yeah, I'll start from there. So um, so I graduated uh, from uh, optometry 15 years ago in India. Um, and uh, even during my undergrad years, I always wanted to um, study further. So I wasn't sure master's, a PhD at that stage. And to be honest, I didn't even know what master's, PhD meant in mm-hmm. a true sense. And this is some talking early 2000s. Now, obviously, students are much more aware of research, of what's happening around the globe. But back then, it wasn't the case. So, uh, yeah, and this is pre-Facebook. So, you know, you can imagine we still had our Nokia 3210. Uh, So it was was that time. So, um, yeah, so as I say, I always wanted to study. And uh, so I was uh, looking at different options. So from Indian optometry, uh, which I realized much later on, but it's uh, it's a mm-hmm. it's very practical. Uh, if I compare with um, what I've seen overseas, its emphasis is given a lot on hands-on experience, which is brilliant, right. which actually helped me a lot because you know, especially if in New Zealand, you don't really see a lot of diseases that uh, you know in tropical regions of India and Mumbai, right. Pune, uh, I'd seen. So, uh, you know, even now, um, my colleagues and my boss, you know, ask me, oh, have you seen this? I'm like, oh, actually, I've seen it a couple of times, but long back. So that's that's kind of, a, you know, from that perspective, Indian optometry or studying there in India, it sort of mm-hmm. uh, provided a good base. However, um, 
just the practical is good, but theory, I think it's um, because it's not very research oriented even now. And it, back then it mm-hmm. wasn't the case at all. So, which I think uh, I can talk about more about in the next few minutes, but I think it's uh, we right. need to I, I totally agree. That. So how how did New Zealand happen? I am I was I've always been curious about it because I know there are so many people who would be like, oh, you know, I want to go to United States or I want to go to Australia, Canada, but New Zealand I feel is one of the few countries and the which is unexplored. And looking at the kind of achievements you have done, like you have mm. about twenty seven co-authored and authored peer review papers, like you are doing incredible right there. So I want to kind of explore and you know share more information about that. Um, well, thank you again for your kind words. With me. Um, yeah, so it's it's a lot of hard work, I'll tell you that. Um, but yeah, so Auckland, New Zealand. So I have always mm-hmm. taken unconventional path. So like even doing optometry in India, and as you know, it's not sort of a one, two, three things you do. Like you know, if you are want to be anything, what your mom and dad say, oh, okay, you want to do medicine, you want to do, um, you know, engineering and so and so forth. Optometry in itself in India, at least again, back then, it, now at least it's, it's, it's known, people know about it, but back then it was True. even like, oh, what is optometry? You know, you get that look on yeah. everyone's face like, <laughs> yes. oh, what are you doing? <laughs> so I always mm-hmm. wanted to do something related to medicine. So an optometry, I sort of, I stumbled upon and uh, I really liked it. And uh, ironically, I didn't want to study it for a long time. That's but why you're I still studying, guys, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, technically, that's what my husband says, that I never left university, right. I never like, left college. So I was looking into options after um, undergrad, that, you know, way to go. And for some reasons, um, America was like, I don't want to go there. Not that I had anything against America. I always wanted to visit, but I was like, I right. want to go somewhere different, you know, just for the sake of it. You know, it's like, um, let us look at different options. Um, I mean, I do have, as every Indian, I'm <laughs> yes. sure, has a few cousins in America. Um, so, uh, so it's like, oh, I'll ask them. So I asked my my cousin brother, and he gave me some options. I'm like, oh. That sounds good, but you know, let's let's dig in more into it. And Canada is like, oh gosh, it's 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 um uh, it snows there, so I was like, oh, as exciting as it would be, I don't think um I'd like to live somewhere that cold. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I love Canada sure. by the way. I must say, it is a beautiful country. Um, and then um, UK was another option, and then I was like, oh, let's let's try Australia. Again, New Zealand was still not on in my radar. So I looked into in Australia and when I was doing that research online, Google was not as popular. I used, used to use altavista.com. I don't know if someone, some of you might remember that. <laughs> Do you know that no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just, just for the people who, who might, who might have used that. Um, so yeah, so I, then I thought, oh yeah, it's, it's New Zealand is beautiful and you know, you see that. Yo, it oh, it is, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, at that time, I was like, oh, it's a beautiful country. Let's let's try Australia and New Zealand. So um, I started uh, talking online and emailing um, potential supervisors. And um, so I did get a few positive replies from QUT and other places in Australia and, um, and also from Auckland, Uni- University of Auckland. Um, for some reason, uh, the... Projects I was uh, being offered from Australia weren't 
quite me. Mm -hmm. Like I felt um, that didn't excite me at that stage. I mean, in hindsight, they were actually quite good projects to be there, but you know, I knew no better. But New Zealand, like person who I was contacting uh, or um, just talking online with, he was a professor at HOD at the time. He was super, mm -hmm. absolutely so supportive. And I could see through that in his emails. Right. He gave me a lot of options. And you can, uh, if you're not sure of the topic, you can come here and decide. Um, sort of if you if you can do masters he was very supportive right. from that sense and he said uh, there might be a bit of funding available so when they said funding like that sounds brilliant um i mean i, I wasn't offered funding at that stage but um i i mean it, it's just happened it's like oh that could be a possibility right and uh, yeah, that's where I was like, Auckland, let's let's uh, go to Auckland. And if it, uh, it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And Australia is like, oh, it's not that far. I can always jump ships if I need to. At that time, New Zealand was like, yeah, I'll uh, I'll pick that. And I'm, I'm glad I did. Yeah, I think you're in the best situation where you have the best of the country and best of the world. And it is always uh, great mentors to kind of, you know, guide you through and give you the liberty to explore mm -hmm. and grow. So I think that's, that's really awesome. Can you also tell me more about the opportunities for any international students who are thinking or, you know, in between that dilemma, oh, should I go mm -hmm. to some other countries or just taking a different route like you, but they are still scared and not very confident? Yeah. Again, I would say, why do you want to go overseas to study or you just want to get out of India, to be honest? But uh, for me, it was sort of a different uh, approach because, I, again, as I said, I wanted to do different. If you want to go overseas and do master's or PhD, you need to be really interested in research. Right. So that that's first and foremost. Mm -hmm. um, at least here in, um, in Australia, New Zealand, I'll tell you, that's that's a very crucial thing to, to do. So, I mean, again, and in U.S., I, th I believe it's the same. Yes, you need to have a core, core liking for research. Yeah, yeah. and as uh, you know, Pete, yeah. it's, uh, it's not as easy as it uh, sounds like, you know, it's research, it sounds exciting. It's, it's, it's quite a lot of hard work and a lot of planning goes right. into it. So, um, and I'll say one thing, unfortunately in India, uh, research, we, we didn't know much about it at that time. Like, you know, we didn't right. have any training in the sense like oh what do you do you prepare a protocol i mean as i said it's now it, people do know more about it because it's again globalization and such right um but i'd say if you have interest in research then you should do it but if you want to just practice as an optometrist overseas then it's slightly different story Right. Yeah. So I know right now I'm currently in the United States and for me, I cannot practice optometry mm -hmm. till I go back to school, get my OD license mm -hmm. and, you know, only then. Mm -hmm. How is it in Auckland and Australia? Is it similar? You have to go back to school and get your OD license or you can study uh, based on your Indian optometry. You can do some bridging program like what Canada mm -hmm. offers. How is it? Um, there's no bridging program as mm -hmm. such. Mm -hmm. But so you need to go visit OCAN's website, O-C-A-N-Z. They have sort of a list of um, approved, so to speak, uh, optometry schools because there are quite a few, as you mentioned in your previous podcast. Right. Um, uh, there are quite a few in India and not all are same. Correct. And you might be directly able to just appear for OCANS. But if you have not studied from those specific schools, you might mm -hmm. need to go back to 
uh, go back to optometry school here. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. So um, again, they do take on case by case basis. So I don't want to quote anything wrong. So again, it's best to contact them directly and say, okay, you're from this university or uh, this school. Is it? Can you directly appear for the exam? Uh, or not so um i know for a fact that bosch and long school of optometry that is on the list so you know so right um again um uh, all the major ones are on the list but right. not every yeah but it's good to know yeah. that people do have an opportunity to you know use your indian degree and mm-hmm. start working mm-hmm. at least you know or they can write and figure out that you know will my degree from india be applicable say in new zealand at least i think this is a great information because probably everyone mm. is hesitant they feel that they might need to do only mm. phd or masters to kind of get into there and start working but not many might mm. think that you even though the indian optometry is not regulated but because the standards mm. of some schools are so well defined they mm. are able to kind of get yeah. into those lists uh i know you're doing like a lot of research i cannot even sum it up i just kind of briefly said the few topics that you work on but can you tell me more about your research work so can people can kind of understand what are you working on so my phd was uh, on uh, confocal microscopy of cornea and diabetes mm-hmm. and my master's research was on retinitis pigmentosa Ooh, wow so from front to back you've covered everything <laughs> yeah 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 pretty much so you know again it's quite a lot so as i said i have taken very unconventional path and uh, in, in during when i got to new zealand this topic excited me and i got written and then i was like oh let's uh, uh, do something else so yeah as you can <laughs> there's a there's a theme here i like to do new th- new things um so yeah my main area of interest is ocular surface ocular surface mm-hmm. diseases and dry mm-hmm. eye Uh, recently, I've started working uh, on um, some novel devices to detect eye pathology. So that's sort of a new area. We've we've got some excellent um, collaborators that we're working with in in America actually, and um, so you're taking that to restrooms and so and so forth. So I don't want to say too much about that, but uh, but yeah, uh, it, oh. it's a, it's a number of diseases. But I, as I say, my first yeah, but my first love is always. Uh, um ocular surface and uh, and dry eye really and uh, and corneal imaging all right the fun is right now with so much of uh, you know we uh, investment and research going on dry eye because i feel mm-hmm. with the digital age i think things have gone really worse mm-hmm. <laughs> for like the ocular surface i think it's incredible to know that you know people like you are investing all your time and effort to make sure people can have a good uh, nice healthy ocular surface so i think it's interesting for anyone who would want to work in this area it would be awesome to mm. get in touch with stuti because she's awesome <laughs> oh, thanks for that no, no this is a, you know thanks no, it is my personal experience so i just want to share with anyone and everyone she's like the one of the most helpful person i know so mm. if you have anything regarding ocular surface just shoot her an email mm. Just to know a little more about what would you advise for people who want to pursue PhD and research? You did mention you need to have a little love and interest in it, and it is not easy. Mm-hmm. Having yeah. said that, is there any few tips or guidelines which you would say, like you know, if you're even planning or thinking of it, keep those three yeah. top points to kind of consider? So, um, I'd say um, do some background reading and uh, do what interests you. So, 
um, I mean, if you're like me, you want to, you know, just you don't know what interests you. You want to try a few things and then you can decide what. Or I know a few people are always interested, say, um, to know more about cornea or you're always interested right. more about retina. So do some reading behind it. And, it, and it's, it's quite easy nowadays. Just go online and read a few few papers, few recent papers, and uh, just see if there is any specific area of that interests you. Yeah, or just so vision rehabilitation, that's quite an in thing, you know. So you need to, if you need to really like that area of research, because if you do something that you're just doing because you want to do a you want to get a phd then you won't excel at it yeah you might not might not enjoy it and you might not excel at it i agree agree. so the thing is with phd and uh, even masters they're quite independent degree and what i mean by that is it's not that someone is gonna tell you do this 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 and this do it yeah a to z it's not like that um you need to be motivated you need to be you know self-motivated if you're not that then you can't really excel at it as i said before so if you are just saying oh yeah i'll do research i'll get help it's uh it's not that you need to know what you like and be be quite quite stubborn that you will you'll you'll finish at it so persistence right perseverance yeah also sometimes i feel you know uh phd or research i feel for some people who have not been explored to that area might even feel it's scary Mm -hmm. do you have any tips or ideas to say it's not that scary Mm -hmm. or you know how can Mm -hmm. some positivity to kind of spread that word that do get into research (laughs) i didn't want to scare anyone no 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 no. that's why i'm like you know sometimes you Mm -hmm. might feel that phd Mm -hmm. itself looks so much it's huge like it's not easy which is a fact but is there something which can help them um, make feel that oh it's not it's not impossible it's not impossible I, I always say one thing you don't need to be super smart or super clever you actually need to be stubborn oh that's and that's a very good thing i'm going to take that with me today for <laughs> sure <laughs> no i really i genuinely believe that and you know if your gpa is five or you know like here we have out of nine so if your gpa is 8.5 or nine it doesn't it's not that you'll excel at research and and, and as a supervisor i've seen myself if you're a high achiever it doesn't mean that you'll be good at research True. so research is slightly different it's not that oh yeah um i'll do this this and this and it'll work it doesn't always work right and actually nine out of ten times it does not work oh so I mean, I'm not saying it's all gloomy, but you know, I'm just generally yes. saying it's not, it doesn't work. It's not what you expect it to do. You know what I mean? So it's like, right. it, it might not, you know, I mean, one plus one, it's maybe not two. two. You might think it is three, you know, it's come, something like that. It could be. Right. And you just need to know how to make sense of that. So um, that's why I say you need to be persevere. Like, you know, you need to keep on. If it doesn't happen, you need to go again and try in, in a different way. Yeah, so, I think I think that's yeah. that's a very good take. Like, just be stubborn and your scores might not define you whether you can do or not mm-hmm. do a PhD. Because, yeah. yeah, I feel many times like, oh, you know what, I'm not an expert to be or get a PhD or own a Mm. PhD so I think that's a very good take for Mm. me today at least for sure and I'm sure it would be same for for all the listeners Mm. can you share a little more of you know what are the challenges or limitations specifically to work in uh, New Zealand if there's anything if there Mm. is any so uh, (laughs) very working as an optometrist 
uh, optometrist, oh. as a researchers, whatever you would like to share. Just I want to also show like the other side. There might be some limitations if there are any. Of course, and, and limitations are there in every aspect. And of course, um, there is uh, funding is not as great mm-hmm. uh, in research. That's that's a fact. It's worldwide. That's a fact. Right. Uh, unfortunately, nowadays, um, of course, funding is uh, better in in US. Mm-hmm. That's again a fact. But again, even in US, people some people are struggling for that. So you need to fight from the same pool of money to. Um, you know, get your research started or, or just continuing your research. Right. So um, that's one thing in terms of research. Uh, and and if you want to practice as an optometrist, uh, actually it's quite good. If you can pass or cans, um, they're always, uh, you know, people looking for optometrists, in, not in cities, not in uh, Auckland perhaps, but if you're happy to go in a you know, Middle Earth, <laughs> then you, yeah, you're, uh, I mean, Middle Earth, of course, and it's all New Zealand, but you know, what I mean, yeah, yeah, a little you're happy from... to go in countryside, right. yeah, uh, then, uh, of course, they're always looking for a licensed optometrist. And even in Australia, again, there are a lot of optometry schools, so if we don't, there are quite a lot of supply here of optometrists, but again, if you excel, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure you can, uh, you can do okay if not the best <laughs> uh, another quick question i have is you know there is uh, especially in countries like united states or you say australia i feel at some point there is a saturation mm-hmm. point for optometrists mm-hmm. do you feel that there are more opportunities for countries like new zealand because it's yet not explored compared to mm. other other countries um not necessarily uh, I'm not saying that uh, it's not. I'm not saying it's reached saturation point, but uh, as it says, OCANs, O C A N Z, so A N Z in in America, uh, it's Australia, New Zealand, so it's the same board oh, okay. for Australia and New Zealand. So if you are from any of these schools, you can practice in both countries. Mm-hmm. So it's one and the same thing essentially. Oh. So whatever applies in Australia, as far as I know, it, it applies in New Zealand. Oh, okay. So. Um, so saturation, I think not yet, but because there are quite a few new schools, as you must be aware in Australia, um, maybe in a few years, I don't know, but but it's a good point. And New Zealand, there's only one optometry school. Oh, that's interesting to Mm. know. So it's, it's kind of even uh, good to know that, you know, with one, if you can pass one board, you can practice in two countries. So it's not just one exam, but you know, it's a series of exams. Mm -hmm. And of course, the pass rate is not that, not that exciting. I'm not saying that it's, it it is difficult. It's not cakewalk, but it's not impossible. Of course, quite a few people have done that. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not being discouraging, but I'm just being trying to, (laughs) trying to say in a, you know, in a bit more realistic way. Right. No, I think that is very important to have the real picture. I think that is the purpose of this podcast Mm. for me as well, because we do have a lot of perceptions and thoughts about, oh, this is what is good or bad this is what is happening Mm. but listening from someone who has actually been there who has walked the journey is I feel is more realistic more interesting for me and I'm sure it would be same for the people who listen to this podcast yeah no thank you thank you so much for that again also I should add about the cans that because their guidelines and rules and regulations they keep changing so best way to you know keep yourself updated um, Mm -hmm. is just go on their website and check that I think it's okans.org. So, oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it's a um, easy email address, and uh, yeah, you might uh, get an auto reply if you um, get in if you email me next couple of weeks because I'm still on parental leave, but I'll be going back to work in mid August. So okay, perfect. So also, uh, we are going to put in a little summary of the whole podcast conversation, including the email ID. So it will also be part of. Uh, the message that mm-hmm. goes along with the podcast so i think anyone who would want to or think about going in new zealand can always reach out to you uh, again thank you thank you so much suti for your time and your inputs and walking through us the whole adventurous journey that you had very unconventional and yet mm-hmm. very very successful so thank you so much for all your time and inputs i really really appreciate it well, thank you it's been a pleasure it's been a pleasure <laughs>